0: Welcome to Narrative Live. It's good to be with you tonight. Hey, Eric Garland. Nice to see you. Get yourself together. It's Tuesday. You know, every day flows into another because it's just endless amounts of news. And there is so much big news this week. This week really is, you know, we have been waiting for a week where we could actually sit around and listen to a logical hearing conducted by proper investigators who can actually help settle some of the differences in this country. And this is the week we actually get to see some of that. We get to hear it. We get to sit around as a country and go through this cathartic process of going through a hearing, which I'm really looking forward to on Thursday night. Uh, We'll be carrying it live right here at 8 p.m., but there'll be much more as well on many other networks, but also on this network.
1: What are you looking forward to? Speaking as a, you know, a D.C. dork here, I've never heard this much excitement about a congressional hearing like oh i cannot wait but hey that's what it is we're going to hear noted democratic socialist of america activist liz cheney uh <laughs> that's so funny. did you see her on sunday Zeb? did you see her giving the really interviews good.
0: she was so good i really have grown to like her a lot and i can't believe i say those words that i got <laughs> i'm gonna
1: see you in four days yeah yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got plenty to talk about.
0: And she was like, you got you to do this. It's your responsibility. It's your civic responsibility as an American to watch and to opine and to care about what's going on on Thursday. And there's just no excuse for us showing up, which brings me to Fox News. It's not okay for Fox News not to be covering this momentous historic event that they helped Create. I mean, it's I mean, not just about January the sixth. It's also about the big your work, lie. Fellas, it's the big yeah. lie it is what caused January the sixth. They're the ones who pushed it, and now yeah. when the hearings come around. Oh no, no, no! We don't like this. We don't like the people investigating. We don't like what might come out. This is total crap. I mean. This is they're the not story you're
1: a Fact-checking screen up there. Yeah.
0: You know they can go afterwards and say whatever they want to about it. They can go afterwards and say that was the biggest load of lies you've ever heard in your life. Everything was manufactured. The liberals want to own you. You name it. They can say whatever they want, but not to carry it is the ultimate admission of guilt. It's the ultimate admission of the fact that they are part of the scheme, and they're just too scared to have it show up on their
1: air. They don't want additional facts and an indictment for accessory after the fact. Because accessory, you get half of whatever the sentence is. And in a seditious conspiracy, it's 20 years. So half of that's 10 years. I mean, you know, as a TV producer, I might not want to do a dime in jail over uh,
0: accessory. I mean, for that. it's kind of ridiculous that you've got an operation calling itself a news operation that is even in a position where they're so complicit in an event like this that they no longer can be considered journalists. I mean, they're just foreign agents at this point. You're no longer functioning as a journalist when you're organizing, advising, helping out, doing whatever else they were doing on January the 6th. And then when the final hearings come around, when the opportunity to actually air all this laundry out, which is truly a cathartic thing every time it happens in the world because you finally can get a unifying moment for the country, they're like, oh, no, 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 we're we're not interested. It's so weak and misleading, and I hope Americans see through it. And, you know, this is a good time to call your cable companies and say, why is this trashy foreign intelligence operation of a TV network available to basic cable. Why is it there at all? I mean, if it's going to be there, it should be on a faraway tier, super expensive and hard to get to. But otherwise, it shouldn't be available to people on basic cable. It's one of the first few things that they get or whatever the first second tier that people get.
1: I don't, you know, I think, you know, if there's a consumer demand for hostile foreign intelligence propaganda, that's fine. I, I wonder why it goes out to our armed services on TV.
0: hmm That's not very helpful. I mean, we discussed on the show just recently that he's still taking money, Murdoch, from the Chinese. Yeah, Uh yeah. 100 million U.S. dollars worth. So what, we're okay with this? We're okay with Mr. Anti-China. is now taking money from China. His wife was an MSS spy. Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know. And it drives me nuts. But I'm looking forward to everything except tearing apart Fox News. But I shall enjoy that as well because that will be a good thing to do. On narrative.org, I also have a thing that I've been working on for literally, I think 17 months. That's how long this whole process has taken. But, you know, since day one on after the insurrection, I've started to put together one of my charts because that's how I organize my mind in terms of who's involved and who's not doing, who isn't involved, where do they line up in which categories, you know, what type of operatives are they? Are they officials? Are they activists, instigators, influencers? You name it. And. For the last 17 months, this thing has been slowly coming to fruition. It's a one pager, which will allow our viewers, and for anyone else who wants to use it, an opportunity to see the whole thing in one big, giant scale, or at least one big page. So I'm gonna throw it up here just so we can show everyone what it looks like. I've also had a shameless um, way of trying to raise money for our programming here. Also have it on our narrative shop, where people can download a high-res version of it. It is actually quite nice. And you can also uh, have it as
1: your wallpaper.
0: Yes, that's a good idea, and you it can also a, have it as a bingo card. Oh yeah, and bingo also, cards. Yeah. as the indictments come down, you, you know. I actually thought it might be a bit like a little bit like a bingo game because as people's names come up, you might want to cross them off and see if, or at least circle them and see if, if you made it on if they made it into the big chart because this is the big chart. It's a little oh. bit uh, hard to read because it's a lot of detail, and I was trying to put the names in there as well, and there's just too much detail at that point. But you can see that it's divided into quite a few sections. There's um. People involved in the Capitol, not everybody, because they wouldn't fit in either, but certainly the senators and the Congress people involved there. Um, below that, you see what was going on in the Pentagon, the, the six people that certainly raised a lot of eyebrows in terms of their involvement in what was happening. You've got the SCOTUS involvement through Ginny Thomas. And then you've got people at the White House and the periphery around the people at the White House who helped set up all of January the 6th. You've got the VP's office, which is becoming such an important uh, storyline here about what the VP did that day and choosing not to to be taken away by Secret Service. And then you've got this bottom right corner, which I call my Russian corner or my Kremlin corner, because there's a lot of uh, Russian operatives, which I was found really surprising in the amount of Russian operatives involved on the January the 6th insurrection. Above that, you see the OAN network and the Washington Times, which we've shown you before, belongs to the Moonies. And then above them, the Epoch Times and NTD, which are China. Those are the influence operations, which were media influence operations, which for months and months and months... I should have Fox News up there, too. Helped position everything that was going on before January the 6th. So people started to believe the big lie. And then on the top row there, uh, working backwards, you'll see that some of the organizers, Ali Alexander Nelson from Alec, and then that's Carolyn Wren, who's there raising some of the money. And below them, what we've called the militias, including two people we're going to be discussing a lot tonight in the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers indictment. That's Enrico Tario and also the name who always Which one, Uh, Stuart Rhodes? Yes, Stuart Rhodes. I don't know why, I have a blind spot around him, but yes, Stuart Rhodes. So that's why I do need their names on here. But, you know, interesting indictments that came down, we're gonna go through them in detail. And then of course what happened at the Willard. Yeah, Yeah. hold on, just a quick look at this, overall,
1: Uh, this bunch of mugs. This is like the worst night on Tinder or Grindr
0: ever. Right? <laughs> left, left,
1: left, left. left, 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 left
0: yeah, ah. Yeah, it really is. I mean, there's uh, there's not a looker among them. I'm afraid. <laughs> Maybe that's why they turn to politics. Maybe that's why they're so bitter. I don't no, know. But we, uh, we call DC is Hollywood for ugly people. Yeah. Well, there you go. You said it. So it's gonna be really interesting. This is a, an opportunity for people to see things as wide as angled lenses. I could provide them on one sheet, but. It looks so much like a conspiracy. It looks so much in all different parts of our government, all trying to work together to overthrow the election. And that is the key right here. I think that's what people are looking for in January 6 hearings is, was there, in fact, a seditious conspiracy? And where did it go? Like, did it go all the way to Donald Trump? Did it go to Roger Stone? Where did it stop? Uh, and I think that's going to be the, the trickier part, is trying to prove where it went to. But the fact that it actually was a seditious conspiracy, that seems to me is as plainly obvious as it can be.
1: Well, you know, that last Proud Boys uh, indictment that just dropped, that put the shoes on the horse, nice. ready to go now. That filled in some of the language in there, filled in the final details to elevate this to the legal definition of sedition, just properly said, as a violent force you know, used to overturn the government to oppose its authority and to assert a new authority through violent force and not through the rule of law or the end of America.
0: This is really so critical, is this uh, indictment, and I want to go through it in great detail with you. Now, we've been expecting this, honestly, for a long time. Ever since the Oath Keepers had their seditious conspiracy, I've been saying, well, it can be very long before the Proud Boys had theirs. because you know ultimately what they're going to try and prove in all of this is that there is a seditious conspiracy by the oath keepers a seditious conspiracy by the proud boys and that somehow they met somewhere and then somehow that they got orders it maybe the same in thing. a tunnel under that. 15th street <clears throat> but that it was coordinated
1: yeah. and look we know how to skip ahead in this because we know that the pentagon took actions or rather a few people at the pentagon took very specific actions to make the actions of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers, among others, possible. Mm-hmm. And those were violent actions. And so we know that those people of the Department of Defense answer to the President of the United States. And we know that he, uh, yeah, there's just a lot in here, and you know, this is,
0: we're really getting there. Yeah, I want to go through this slowly as we can. We've got a little bit of time tonight, so we might as well do this effectively, because I think it really sets people up. The five people mentioned here, these are the exact five people when we did our original reporting around the Proud Boys. These are the five people that showed up way back then. And uh, they were clearly, obviously, the ringleaders then. They are clearly, obviously, the ringleaders now. The point of reference here is uh, Enrique Tarrio. There is uh, Nord- Ethan Nordin, AKA Rufio, Rufio, I guess. There's Biggs. And then there's Dominic Pizzolo. I don't have a picture of Dominic Pizzolo, but he is the first person who smashed a window into the Capitol that day. So that's interesting too. And just in terms of what are the pictures, let me see if I've got any others. No, those are the ones that I have readily available, but I'm going to show you a few other people later on that are also affiliated with these guys that are part of the Oath Keepers. You know, these are the people who have been the leaders of the Proud Boys from the very beginning. These are the people that probably met, if I'm not mistaken, with Roger Stone way back when in... Oregon uh, in 2016. These are the same group of people that have been part of that world for a long time. And this uh, is a seditious conspiracy. It's a pretty serious indictment. It doesn't get much more serious, really.
1: Yep. And it goes like two,
0: just for the accounts, goes to like page two. Wow. I mean, it's... Um... So talk to us a little bit about what's going on here. This seditious conspiracy, conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. Can you read all this or do you need me to you go through sure.
1: Yeah. I mean, so you've got your 18 U.S., the big one up there at the top, you crank count one, that's the big mamma jamma. Just scroll up a touch there. It's Title 18 of the U.S. Code, Chapter 2384, Seditious Conspiracy. That's the one where if you connect through the intent to stop the government's authority, to overthrow the government's authority via force, That's the count. And it's historically, I'm not sure that we've ever had charges like this, you know, maybe a couple more other times. And I'm not sure if this was the, you know, the historic statute that was used. Sometimes these things slip around in legal history, but very closely related 18 US code chapter 1512. And there's several sections of that that's obstruction, but when you get down to that obstruction of an official proceeding, I think the C2 in there is to violently oppose. So that's when you get like the 10, 20 year per count charges, and then obstruction of law enforcement, and then it's sort of uh, yeah, assaulting, resisting, breaking stuff, and I forget what 10 is.
0: Count 10. Robbery of personal property of the United States, USC 2112, 18. So it's 10 to 18 USD.
1: Somebody stole a fax machine. Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Or one of, or, or a laptop, I think, from somebody. Uh, like, I think Nancy Pelosi's laptop. So you got, uh, I don't know if that's in this indictment, by the way, but there was a that, story. Uh,
1: that. That's not these guys. Yeah, that yeah. was the, the weird girl and her dad. Yeah. yeah and they true. were going to sell it to
0: the FSB or something. Yeah, something like that. Don't do that, people. <laughs> no, it's a third superseding <laughs> indictment, meaning it's the third time they've gone around and sort of clarified some things in here, but it's the first time they've mm. said seditious conspiracy. So that's a big deal. What should we pay attention to here in the introduction? Are there things that you feel are the, are the most important things to pick out of this particular uh, first well, section?
1: Sure, stop, you know, right here, the transfer of presidential power. So that's a big deal. Who's in charge of the nukes? Who's in charge of the executive branch? All that. So this is a big deal. And, you know, they're stating, they're alleging as a first fact, there was a presidential election on the 3rd of November. And because of COVID and some other things we had, you know, we and a whole lot of inorganic problems, counting votes. It took a few days before it was very clear that Donald J. Trump had lost the presidential election, and that was projected by the majority of the media and of states. And at that point, they knew Georgia was going for Biden, Pennsylvania was going for Biden, and so Trump lost. So two is that's the legal authority of the 12th Amendment which requires presidential electors to meet in their respective states and certify distinct lists of all persons voted for as president and vice president, number of votes of each. And so the 12th amendment, this is where they came up with the wacky theory of if we can stop the vice president in his duty, you know, to put into the record, the presidential electors that were sent by the states, if we can stop him from that on the 6th of January, then we can. Say, well, hold on, we need to stop this transfer of power. And once they did that, they were looking to then, you know, occupy. We're going to see here in this indictment that the Proud Boys were planning on occupying multiple government buildings, Senate office buildings, House of Representatives building. They were going to stop the federal government from functioning. For how Um, long? How long were they intending to do that? I believe the official plan was like Jan 6th through Jan 20, and basically their thought was if you could just interfere that long and also dispatch, you know, militias to different cities where, quote, Antifa would be attacking, they'd get the Insurrection Act, especially if like a high ranking official was murdered like Mike Pence or Nancy Pelosi. Uh, Clearly there's the Insurrection Act. You know, they no doubt would have blamed Antifa for any deaths, but, uh, you know, that would get worked out in the wash, right?
0: Yes, this is really important what you're saying. You're not just saying that on January the 6th, they were trying to just, hey, let's postpone the vote and we'll have a recount in a little bit of time or whatever. They were saying on January the 6th, we're going to postpone the vote, have the Supreme Court step in and nullify the whole thing. And then until we have new or something like that. And then and then
1: now we come to Georgia and other states that they've caught these guys making forged documents. For the, to call themselves the real electors. Mm-hmm. So they were going to violently stop the vote. They were going to create enough violence to justify the insurrection act. Mm-hmm. Presumably, Alito would have stepped in and uh, exactly you know given right. some edict that, nope, you're not this isn't legal. You can't go ahead and, you know, transfer power to Joe Biden then, guns in the streets, take state capitals, they send, quote, the real electors from these states, then Donald J. Trump is in by force instead of by a peaceful election.
0: So what you're describing is, is is the most horrific scene you'd ever imagine in America. I mean, this is something you'd never in a million years expect to happen, where militias out of nowhere would suddenly show up on your streets telling you what to do, where you could go, what time of day you could be out. Take away your rights to every, almost everything because they'd have instituted some sort of martial law and you would have no ability to function in the way you've been used to functioning as free speech or, or free media or free anything because basically the military would have taken over certainly some states maybe not all of the country but some states in readying for this new vote which would be under the control of a military force i mean we're talking about taking america and plunging it into the soviet union in the 1960s It's an anathema which you can't believe, but that's exactly what it seems that they were planning. It wasn't just we're going to be nice and polite and have another vote in a few weeks. No, they were going to come in with their weapons, try to suppress as many people as they can, suppress as many rights as they can, and force a new vote on America, which, you know, how free and fair that would be, who knows, and basically take over the country as a dictatorship. Yeah, sounds bad the way you put it but that's what they were trying to do. Uh, you know, yeah. there's all these nice rules and, and amendments and sections and things, but that's the truth of it. That's the goal. And they, these people are not even in jail. Some of them are, but the, the leadership is certainly not in uh, jail. There's um, a bunch of them are. Yeah. But the leadership isn't in jail. Not only are they not in jail, they're still running a party. This is the same people still running yeah. the GOP. I mean, it's like, yeah. well, I mean, I understand being like a you know a free country, people, you're going to be free and loose with some things, but you can't be free and loose with this kind of stuff. You can't have a party that is supportive of destroying the system that you've built in order to take it over still in the system. I mean, it's, I don't know, seems ridiculous. You can't have them there and yet they're still there. They might even win the next elections in November. So Fox News, this is why we want you to run the stuff. This is why you must run this stuff. And this is why if you're a Republican supporter of, of any of these parties, of any of these uh, candidates, it's imperative that you watch this stuff so you know exactly what your party stands for when it comes to November, because this is what they stand for, an absolute takeover of democracy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. we should probably stop this. <laughs> I mean, yeah.
0: yeah. It's bad. It's bad. But th- it's bad. Talk to me a little bit about what was going with Mike Pence that day. So this is a fascinating piece of the story for me, because Mike Pence decides he's going to refuse to cooperate with Donald Trump. He's going to say no to Donald Trump and actually can do his duty as described in the Constitution and authenticate the votes that were elected, that were appointed. Yeah. Yeah. And then they try to uh,
1: kill him. Well, you know, and, you know... uh, we're going to hear about some of that, I gather, in more detail when the committee convenes. But the long and short of it is, it by the middle of December, I think uh, the John Eastman character there had come up with the wacky plan that he admitted he knew was not, you know, going to wouldn't pass muster at the Supreme Court. But nevertheless, it's like, well, here's what you're going to do: you're going to stop the vice president from counting, and then we can have the quote-unquote real election, and. You know, they went to White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, they went to, uh, you know, Pence's vice presidential counsel, and uh, they said, you're insane. We're going to die in prison. No, that no. <laughs> a good legal argument. That's not a good idea. No. Yeah. And uh, Pence was like, yeah, probably not. And so then there was pressure, that you know, in the days to follow and especially January 5th. Uh, I believe some of Trump's rhetoric against Pence ramps up, and then on the 6th as well. And uh, of course, we know there are people calling for Pence to be killed. Not only
0: calling for Pence to be killed, incited by the president, his boss, his running mate, incited by him to call for the killing of the vice president, who then proceed to try and actually get to the vice president and kill him. And he is so worried for his life that he won't even leave with the Secret Service because he's worried that he's going to be taken into some sort of you know, hiding place or somewhere where he might not be able to continue his official duties and who knows yeah. what might happen to him. Yeah. Considering uh, I, I think he knew dead. that
1: uh, if he evacuated the way they wanted with the people they wanted him to evacuate with, that he wouldn't be back to do his duty mm-hmm. and then they would have the justification. But that if he just survived long enough and stayed with the right Secret Service people and you know, with still more to learn about that, and we may never learn all about it, but we know from his deeds that he did stick around. He did end up casting the vote on the calendar date appointed. And so even though I think if there had been, you know, if we had some weird earthquake and the vice president could in a normal election year and the vice president couldn't make it to deposit the votes, we'd probably go, okay, well, the next day, because, you know, we had an earthquake and we had to go and it was after midnight, but who cares? Right. But that wasn't the point. The point was they wanted some justification to invoke the Insurrection Act and dispatch all these Second Amendment Solution people into the streets. There was also uh, Paul
0: Gosar, right? I mean, in his lawsuit against the vice president, that was what was waiting for Alito that night as justification to extend the vote. So you're absolutely right when you say that they were waiting for the violence and you're waiting for the uh, Insurrection Act to be called in. They also had a plan. They knew they were gonna let Gosar's lawsuit You know, land on Alito's desk that night as things were delayed because the vice president wasn't doing his duty, quote unquote. So, you know, this was so sophisticated, even though not really in its, you know, in the way it appears. It's a good good
1: way of putting it. It was was sophisticated, uh, dumb, but (laughs) complicated in its dumbness.
0: Yeah. But they thought it out. They had a plan. I mean, they honestly thought. If A happens and B happens, it's, which would have taken a yeah. long time, a long time to think that, sure. to get everyone ready, yeah. make sure Alito's on standby, make sure all this is going on. I mean, and yet they thought somehow this was going to work. I, I, they really well, think what else have work? you
1: got? What else have you got after you've tried a conspiracy to give the Saudis our next generation nuclear
0: technology? Right. I mean, we sold this out in every other way. So sure. Go for it. Yeah. Wow.
1: Also, you know, remember January 6th, 2021, what else was announced? The new attorney general, ah. Eric Garland, ah. is going to be coming. And there's actually some video footage of Roger Stone going, Oh, whoa, oh, that guy. Oh, yeah, yes, the domestic terrorism prosecutor from Oklahoma City. Yes, the appellate judge that you all screwed out of a Senate or a uh, Supreme Court seat. Yeah, that guy. He's going to be AG. Him. He's yeah. going to be the prosecutor-in-chief, and he is a great judge, and he is a great prosecutor with many, many years' experience dealing with the worst people out there trying to blow up the government, just like you guys. Yeah. Roger's mm-hmm. no fool. Yeah, he's, he's a Dick Tracy villain, but he's no idiot.
0: He knows um, what's going on.
1: And which is why he this indictment—he's so like, important. "Oh, that guy!"
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's you know. Look, he even had his own personal axe to grind, so you can even add that to it. But I don't think he's acting on that. But he certainly would have liked that Supreme Court seat. But that's why this indictment is so important because this, this is uh, the DOJ actually doing the work that people oh yeah. say it hasn't been doing.
1: Well, they are no kidding, right? Yeah. This whole look. The Department of Justice does not have a, like a ticker Chiron like ESPN with <laughs> here's how our grand juries are going. Here's how our criminal investigations are going. There's, I fire Merrick Garland. I mean, I think there were a lot of people that wanted somebody less effective uh, mm. than Merrick Garland. They wanted a lot of chaos in there because they were in trouble. Some of them are even sound like they're on the left, but they were in trouble too. Yeah. It all depends. Yeah, But in paragraph five here, I just want to say I was on a, a HuffPost live TV show with Gavin McInnes in 2013 where he <laughs> like yelled, he screamed at me for not being a real man or something like that. This is just as we got to know those characters. And uh, he was the head of the Proud Boys. And I'm sad that he's not here to represent on this indictment because, you yeah. know, it could have been
0: great. He left. He left the, and re- the Proud Boys, right?
1: I, I don't know. Where is he? Is he gone back to Ottawa?
0: Is he... Know what he's doing these days? And I did read about it, what he was doing. It may have been that he was doing it in Canada or doing something up here, but I, I don't know. I, he certainly was taken off the scene in a hurry. I don't know why. Yeah, well, and, so, and suddenly Enrique came up. Enrique, by the way, is a very unlikely leader for a white supremacist kind of movement. Even though they're not technically a white supremacist movement, they sure seem to seem aligned with those kinds of interests. And you know, he's not the yeah. typical leader of such a thing. But no, at um. Who knows? who knows? Who knows? So what does it say here? It's about so that, that the they, individuals known and unknown to the grand jury are affiliated through their membership with the Proud Boys organization. The Proud Boys describes itself as a pro-Western fraternal organization for men who refuse to apologize for creating the modern world, aka Western chauvinists. Proud Boys members routinely attend rallies, protests, and other events, some of which have resulted in violence involving members of the group. There is an initiation process for new members of the Proud Boys and members often wear black and yellow polo shirts or other apparel adorned with Proud Boys logo and slogans to public events. This pro-Western fraternal organization for men who refuse to apologize for creating the modern world, aka Western chauvinists, it sounds to me like it comes directly out of a Russian propaganda playbook. And to me, it's, that kind of language about saving western yeah. civilization and all this stuff yeah i mean that's just yeah, it, kremlin talk
1: it, it's yeah it, it's kremlin
0: yeah it's kind of weird it's weird doesn't? No, no one really thinks like that in the united states i don't think
1: unless no you're part of a giant landmass most of which used to be owned by genghis khan and where the population <laughs> kind of looks like genghis khan and you're trying to like cling to this way western slavic thing yeah they're the ones paranoid about it i mean like you know, there's not a lot of you know English and French people like we were the West. We created the West. They know they got them. They had empires. Russia the one that's paranoid about losing contact with uh, the Western world. So Americans don't we really think of them as, as part of the West.
0: Americans think about themselves as being the center of the universe. They're not just <laughs> there. We go. <laughs> they're not the West. They're everything. So yeah, that's right. That's right. So, we, we we think of other countries
1: as a as a hypothetical. It's like you know the imaginary number in math. Yeah, it's exactly. Something. It's a, it's
0: a it's variable other countries like, out there somewhere, but not a Greece, a you know, Cyprus. Yeah, yeah, those things. In Africa. Yeah, and sometimes you'll go there <laughs> for vacation, but they're not part of the world. They're just. Part of the (laughs) the rest of the world. (laughs) Well, you okay. So
1: you do news and you've lived elsewhere. You know, I'm an American guy, but I've lived other places. And I noticed that anytime I'm outside of the United States, the news reads like, hi, we're in the middle of the world and there's lots of different parts of the world. And some of the news is like, this happened today in the country of Jordan. And this happened in Egypt and this happened in Japan and in America. It's like America, 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 I don't know, Eurasia somewhere
0: and Yeah, you got us. You nailed us. World Series, by the way, is not actually a World Series; it's an American <laughs> Series. <I> mean, <laughs>
1: FYI, we don't even invite the Japanese. <laughs> you could call it a World the Series. Cubans, the, the other baseball playing, the other four baseball playing nations of the world, but it's yeah. the World
0: Series. Yeah, yeah. so that, you know, just to, that's sort of how the America fused itself. And you know, God bless America because that's how it's been a world leader for so long. And there's something about that confidence. There's something about that, you know, that American <laughs> exception. True. Ignorance sort of, of the rest of the world. We lead, <laughs> you know, occasionally, maybe that's been costly. Occasionally, maybe we need to rethink that. But a lot of, them, um, you know, American exceptionalism and American success. And for better or for worse, it's kept the empire alive for a long time. And this is this grand test. I guess we'll see how it does going forward. Do we care about any of this other stuff? This is all just who they are. Yeah, the president's chapters. We know a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Yada, yada, the uh,
1: guys, uh, let's see. There was some, oh, hold on up there. The ABCD, careful what. The you ask for we don't want to start one this is about a civil war but we sure uh, will we'll finish one if biden steals his election the problem will be political prisoners we won't go uh, okay so that's pretty violent we don't want to start one that doesn't say we won't start one being a civil war but we will finish one okay that's november 6th that's before they declare biden right
0: so the winner what is wrong with biden being the winner i mean they just sort of this general theory emerges from the trump campaign or who knows who else in September saying, hey, we're not going to win. And we have to start preparing for the fact that this election was stolen from us, even though it hasn't even happened yet. So this is a big myth, a big lie, a big nonsense thing that's been created for America, which has America sort of, half of it, America is just consumed as absolute gospel and it's just accepting as truth. How are we going to in any way be able to chip away at that, knowing everything we know today that that's so untrue? And for some reason, they have accepted this alternative mythology as reality.
1: Yeah. I mean, then this is where you get into Russian style propaganda of the notion that America has elections as illegitimate as its own. Mm-hmm. Let's do some real talk here. America has some imperfect elections. There is stuffing of ballot boxes. There are cash networks in some cities to, to do voter turnout. This is whispered on the side, but there are such things and there have been for a long time. But that's kind of a margin of error in democracy, right? But it's not to say that it delegitimizes everything. It complicates it. This is a big country and Arkansas and Philadelphia and Illinois and California are all different places. When you look at our electoral college and you look at the fact that we have electors from each state, we are a union of states. We are not a single country the way France is. So we each of those states originally intended by the colonists as their own countries, have their own governments that contribute to a federal government. So there's going to be variations. There's going to be some stuff that's not exactly perfect, but the Russians want you to think that it's just as that our system is equivalent to theirs or China's, where there is no choice. It's run by the spy services and the internal elites, and the people really don't have a say and that's it's not a lot like that
0: it's not like that america has real democracy actually functions like a real democracy <laughs> occasionally you're right some things might uh, might not look vermont. as as they should be but it's a real democracy it actually works like
1: vermont that. town meeting day we're the only direct democracy left in the united states where each town Meets on uh, was March first, the first Tuesday in March. I forget exactly which, but you every single town has to meet. The cities, there's nine cities. The cities are left out, and every town has to meet. And it is you want to see democracy in action. It's just a bunch of neighbors going and arguing about the snowplow budget that year. Uh, and, yeah, and, and people work it out over coffee and and donut, and it's the real thing. A necessary
0: so. part of democracy is listening to each other and actually disagreeing with each other and hearing each other out. And accepting that other people are gonna have different points of view and then be able to agree to disagree and walk away and still be neighbors yep. it's a wonderful democratic thing um you don't even have to go to war just because you don't like what the other person said you just have to speak your mind
1: oh he's crazy you exactly. know, but you get outvoted i mean it's like did you it's i mean it's real direct democracy did you show up did you comment everyone gets to say his piece and especially in kind of a small town you can you know imagine a, a small place and the tail end of winter everyone kind of gets in and questions come up and somebody says something and maybe it's stupid and maybe everyone rolls their eyes. But at the end of the day, everyone gets a vote and the vote carries. So you can do it. Vermont does it and we do do it. And that now you expand that out to an entire presidential election. We've got some things about our democracy that could use some tightening up, uh, gerrymandering and everything else. But this whole, this Burn it all to the ground was a foreign operation Mm. helped by domestic traders. This notion that this thing is so lost, it's so illegitimate. Since it's so illegitimate, you might as well burn it down. You might as well start shooting people because there's nothing. And who wants that? China, Russia,
0: Saudi. That's who wants that. I'm glad you mentioned all those countries because I don't want to leave the slide without reminding people exactly who did the propaganda leading up to this. Yes, it was Fox News. Yes, it was People like roger stone and bannon and company but there were news entities like the epoch times handed out for free to thousands if not millions of Mm -hmm. Americans um, and their sister TV channel, NTD, which I've never even really heard of. But when you watch it, it's kind of terrifying. These are peddlers of conspiracy theories. These are peddlers of lies and Chinese propaganda. This is owned by China and it's not trustworthy Mm -hmm. news. It's just what people are sending you to read. And that's why it's free and available to you for free on your stoop every day. It's not reliable. And yet so many people are looking at that stuff regularly and saying, oh, yeah, this is legitimate. Then you've got the OAN crowd, you know, this is the Washington Times crowd, owned by the Moonies. The Moonies, a cult with ties to Russia and maybe China, who knows? I mean, it's definitely tied to Russia as far as I can see. This is again an outfit that basically created the notion of an Arizona audit, that created the idea of a big lie. They not only were reporting on the stories, they were the story, and then they just amplified it themselves. And the biggest of them lot is Alex Jones and Infowars, which clearly is a Russian operation. I mean, no other way to look at it. And clearly he is the number one inflamer of conspiracy theories on behalf of the Russians in America. Now, hopefully he's no longer going to be around for that long, much longer. But this is the people who've entered our very nice freedom of speech environment in the United States and polluted it with junk, polluted it with lies. And we are tolerant of it. And I don't think we should be anymore. I think it's okay to say, we don't want foreign intelligence operation television networks in our country anymore. Goodbye. It's just, it's not necessary. And then there's a Russian insider, this Charles Bausman guy, who not only was holding meetings for the Nazi party at his barn in Pennsylvania, he then attends January the 6th and is streaming live Probably to Putin or whomever. Uh, and there's,
1: where does he go right after when it doesn't work?
0: Moscow. <laughs> where does he Moscow. Moscow leaves home without even taking down his Christmas lights. That's what he did. This is, you don't have to look very deep. You know, this is a, there's a lot of Russia in this operation. And there's uh, Konstantin Milofiev, the oligarch who's tied to the Russian uh, Orthodox Church. Very, very dangerous group of people with these uh, former Behind Fox the News producer, of Crimea,
1: yeah. Yeah. the yeah. invasion of Crimea by the Russians, and then you've got Jack Hannock, who was his Fox News producer that he hired, even though he was sanctioned. Yeah. and Hannock went to work for Malafeev in 2013.
0: Yeah, and these guys uh, again, are both spies. I mean, these guys officially are now foreign agents by as they've been indicted because they contravened the Foreign Agents acts, because. They were trying to do the same thing in Albania and Greece and wherever it is they were trying. These are not good people. These people are not, uh, should not have any influence in our environment. uh, These are spies. Spies, they're spies. In the classic way, spies spies used to be spies. They're not just there to like steal documents. They're there to fuck the system up for us and influence the system. And these guys were allowed in very easily and we should be more careful.
1: And look, you know, making it Trump Russia, overly focused about everything, Uh, during the Trump administration overlooked the role of Bibi Netanyahu, overlooked the role of Saudi money and networks of people in Los Angeles, overly focused on Russia. But this day, this violent coup attempt, where you had some people at the Pentagon, where you had these paramilitaries that are looking to make it seem like there is a popular movement, this is classically Russian. Mm -hmm. And there's even some terms, I can't remember them all off the top of my head, but the, the Pentagon guys who like, made it so that the National Guard couldn't respond in a timely manner and didn't yes. dispatch the quick reaction force from the Pentagon to help quell the violence there. They would be known as Siloviki in Russian, I believe, which is sort of like your inside men. And mm. I think the Proud Boys and the Earth Keepers would be Tutushki. the guys that are on the street who are supposed to knock heads of, and smack journalists around, and break windows and stuff. That the Russians have terms for this. That yeah. This is how you take a country that doesn't have a popular movement in favor of some pro-Russian puppet, and you make it look on TV like there was. And you mm-hmm. need some inside guys. You need some guys on the street. You need some guys at a nerve center directing traffic there. Some political propagandists. That some ain't, politicians that ain't you bought.
0: Yeah, no, it's not some Chinese. politicians
1: you yeah. bought off way yeah. in advance. Yeah that's a russian gig they did that all over the world for years they know how to do it they tried doing it in ukraine so as much as i try and widen the lens on the trump russia i'm really interested you know you got charles bauman takes a flight to moscow as soon as he can i'm interested in just how much of the russians were behind this because i don't think they were behind everything that happened for the last four or five years but you can't sleep on them when it comes to the down and dirty intelligence kinetic operations
0: it's what they do it's what they do i mean it's their playbook i mean if you're going to do it against the biggest superpower in the world you're going even if the russia wasn't the instigator ultimately china was just getting russia to do it for them whoever these are the people you'd call because russia knows how to do this stuff they're just this is what they do and so Ivan Reichlin, you know another dude speaks Russian but supposedly a green beret and friends of Michael Flynn out there you know violently He's Russian sitting, born. He's so yeah, Ivan yeah. Reichlin was yeah. Soviet born. Yes, right. But he's a green beret as well somehow was, I guess. And uh, you know fluently speaks Russian <laughs> and you know was involved in all these election campaigns. And this is pretty clear. Like you don't have to look very far that there's a lot of Russia. Not to mention Michael Flynn who we already know is having dinner with Putin, you know, which is, is rare. A rare thing you know to, and, yeah and i'm not saying that maybe china is not involved behind the scenes with all these other things of course they are involved in the ntds and the epoch times in israel were surely involved in some of the stuff that was going on in the pentagon um it certainly looks to me like some of those characters were be under the influence of other countries like israel saudi arabia who knows um but you know Ali alexander himself comes from the uae i mean there's other countries involved here the whole gang's here yeah but there's a, yeah. <laughs> a lot of Russia. There's a lot of Russia. like It's like, it sticks out. It just does. And who had an axe to grind? And who are we at war with in Ukraine right now? Russia. <laughs> so, you know, it's not, it's not hard to see how all of that connects. Speaking of Russia, a bit of a segue here, but it's, it's worth mentioning. You know, we, we've all been talking about the Oath Keepers a lot. And Stuart Rhodes, the guy's name, I can't remember. You know, Stuart, <laughs> Ro- Stuart Rhodes, it comes from the Rand Paul, Ron Paul universe. And they, basically, he was their assistant or whatever it was. I don't know exactly, remember the exact title. But, you know, he's Yale-educated, super smart guy, apparently, former mm-hmm. Ron Paul associate. And we recall, of course, Ron Paul. Ron Paul loved traveling to Moscow, loved going to Moscow, loved going to Russia and telling everyone that Putin is right and the world was wrong on Russian television. That Ron Paul, the same Ron Paul whose son, Rand Paul, also likes to go to Russia to occasionally, you know, hey, I'm handing a letter, just handing a letter to Vladimir Putin, there's, there's no mail service or something to Russia. So again, you know, there's just another yeah, possibility yeah. that Russia could be involved in the Oath Keepers, indirectly or indirectly. There's some Russian stuff out there, yeah. yep. Yeah, 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 so just, uh, I'll put that out there. Should we go back to this indictment? We sort of haven't finished it Of time. A few moments here. There's some good stuff that we got to that I wanna show people. Um,
1: the major stuff that is in the indictment there is that they're going to violently occupy buildings, right, right, and and they're going to stop the vote, and then they're going to hold those buildings, and then and I and I think the quote may be down down the indictment a little bit here. It's, we're going to get to the part where it's like, yeah, you know, if we can just keep it until through tonight, we should be good. Uh, let's see. Nineteen on December 19th, plans were announced to stop seal and january six to coincide with the certification of the, the college vote. Okay, there we go. Oh, uh, this is the planning part. I think they just start talking about fit in or fuck off is their thing.
0: Yeah, there was a uh, quote earlier on. They, you know, this is taken from us, there's war, basically. This is only for the serious yeah, ones. Yeah. Yes, yeah. serious men. Uh, oh, here we get to the actual conspiracy parts. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow, I didn't see
1: that. Okay, purpose of conspiracy. Okay, let's not go by this. This is it. The purpose of the conspiracy was to oppose the lawful transfer of presidential power by force, by opposing the authority of the government of the United States, and by preventing, hindering, or delaying by force the execution of the laws governing the transfer of power, including the 12th Amendment of the Constitution, Title Three, Section 15 of the United States Code, using force to stop Mike Pence from certifying the vote, to stop The lawful transfer of a presidential power, which is technically a self-coup. If you're already in power Mm -hmm. and you want to retain the power, it's self-coup, but it is in the coup d'etat, the cutting off of the top of the state. That's the purpose. And this is the first time the U.S. Attorney's Office has come out and said, that's what they were doing. That's why the breaking the windows. That's why the killing policemen. That's
0: why. And there's a thing here with others whose identities are known and unknown to the and grand jury. And unknown
1: to the grand jury. So there's some people who might not be indicted here whose names have come up within the grand jury. And there's others that we know about at the Department of Justice mm-hmm. that the grand jury may not have
0: heard about yet. Mm-hmm. If the week is young. So let's- yeah. That's where let's we're going, going to forward. as we look at this hearing on, <clears throat> on Thursday. They really are, to try to build a case here.
1: This list is really important. So they're encouraging members of the Proud Boys to attend. They used websites, social media, or electronic communications to raise funds to support travel and equipment purchases. Now I wonder who paid into that, and were they all Americans? And if so, if if they were not Americans, who were they? If they're Americans, who are they? Obtaining paramilitary gear and supplies, including concealed tactical vests, protective equipment, and radio equipment for an attack dressing incognito rather than wearing their boy band uniform. Um, that was really interesting, right? On the
0: day, they decided to show up only wearing these red berets. They were not dressed as they uh, normally were with their black uh, polo shirts and the yellow insignia, which people thought was in really a,
1: interesting. In a city filled with cameras and advanced facial recognition software. Yeah. yeah nice to stop, guys. Yeah. So engaging in meetings and encrypted communications uh, in DC in the days leading up to January 6th and the morning of January 6th to plan for the attack. So let's go down a little more. Okay, yeah. Using programmable handheld radio encrypted messaging applications to communicate and coordinate communicate and coordinate the attack. So we're mm-hmm. saying the Proud Boys coordinated the attack. And now we get this is where we haven't gone in these indictments before. H directing, mobilizing, mm. and leading members of the crowd onto Capitol grounds and into the Capitol. They're the ringleaders of the violence. They're Those the f- yeah. Sorry, them the struggling. force. They're the force that you're talking about, opposing it by force, using physical kinetic violence. This is the guy's There's a lot of people that did it, and some people, I got caught up in the moment. They didn't get caught up in the moment here. The Proud Boys didn't. Proud Boys planned it, bought radios, bought tactical vests so they could take some hits from policemen. They coordinated with others, known and unknown to us. So this is violence, and who led it? They led it. So what else do they do? Now we get some violent stuff. Dismantling metal barricades have been deployed to demarcate a restricted area. So they're the ones who allowed other people in by coordinating the dismantling of the metal barricades. That basically facilitate the actual Don't destruction. Yeah. Metal barricade is the signal from the government. Don't come here. We're doing <laughs> something, initial yeah. business. And that happens all over DC in lots of different ways. They dismantle that. They storm Pat J, they storm past those barricades, the Capitol police and other law enforcement officers in an effort to disrupt the proceedings. So that's their obstruction of government right there, those acts. Destroying property, including the fence and the window, assaulting law enforcement officers. So it's not just force, but also violence aimed not just at other human beings, not just at other Americans, but law enforcement officers. That's because who enforces the authority? Law enforcement officers enforce the authority. Any functioning state has a monopoly on violence, that the law is ultimately enforced by violence. Uh, That can be putting you in handcuffs because you've drunk in public or speeding, whatever, or put in prison, or possibly shot if there's an emergency, ideally. That's how we enforce the law. And by, as part of your conspiracy, assaulting and in some cases killing those officers, that's the force that tried to take down our ability to keep the authority of the government as they tried to do their duty to the rest of the country. So this is a really rich picture of violent acts taken with enormous mens rea and actus reus, the mentality, the motive, the conspiracy, the actions taken on basis of all that, that they were violent, that it opposed the authority through violence that resulted in death, and that the aim was to stop America's government from functioning. That's laid out in this thing for the first time. In the in most dark terms.
0: Yeah. Yep. I gotta tell you, the person who was arranging uh the money or calling for the donations was Roger Stone. I mean, you know, I've got the video. I'm trying to find a few here, but there is video oh. of him saying, I want money for my peaceful protesters and my teams that are gonna be down there. That's who was arranging the money, that's who was calling for the funding. That's who was doing the grift around huh. all this. Um so we oh, haven't that's... got there yet, but I bet you that's what they're leading towards because they've got these two seditious conspiracies and the two happened to meet in a basement a garage. Oh, that's right. The night before. That's right. there's not conjecture. That is the way it happened. And we have video. We showed it to you last week. This is what it looked like. When Mr. Tario I want you to meet the first, hey, And for prosecutors, they're going to call
1: this a meeting
0: of the minds. Right. And that's defined under
1: the law. Hey, Predicate acts and a conspiracy.
0: It, 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 it. That moment right there with the Oath Keepers, Stuart Rhodes, shaking hands with Tario the night before.
1: I, I'm sure that even if they were to come by right now, I'm, I'm on my way out. So I literally just picked up my bags. So I thought they told you 24 They didn't hours. give me the 24 hours. They didn't want... The reason why they that. did that is that they didn't want me to go to tomorrow's event. Yeah, hadn't, wasn't he arrested like the day before and now he's he was he was supposed James to get out of DC and now he's back in
0: DC, he or is this- He was on his way out. He was being told to get out and he's getting out, but he wants to, want to do one last thing, sure is day. to meet uh, Stuart Rhodes and Claire, uh Mitchell, which is an interesting choice of people to meet. He's been told to get out of Dodge, and he does, but he wants to have this meeting first. That's very telling. I mean, that's really what we're looking at yeah. here is the meeting of the minds. Ugh. You know, this is- and,
1: uh, and if that's Cleta Mitchell, then yeah. she's the connection both back to the White House, but also to the Supreme Court through her bestie, Ginny Thomas. Correct. Wife of Justice Clarence Thomas.
0: That's correct. And now you start seeing why this, uh, this you know, the particular slide that I have here, why it all connects because all these people had somehow been cooperating in a giant seditious conspiracy. That's really the only conclusion you can come to from all this evidence. And we don't know all of that for sure because the judge has not said so. The judge has not said that these people are guilty. We'll wait to hear from them. And you know- A
1: a jury of their
0: peers. A jury of their peers. They're entitled to that. And we're all entitled to have a good listen on Thursday. You know, and I hope people arrive at Thursday with an open mind, regardless of what their political backgrounds are. We should all arrive just as citizens who are concerned about our democracy and want to learn the facts as our representatives have investigated it, and we want to learn what happened on that day and how we got there. It should be no political reason for us to start fighting on that day. We should all be open-minded about trying to figure out exactly what happened. This is their civic duty, to investigate what happened on that day, it's our civic duty to be responsible citizens, to listen, to make up our own minds and to decide you know, who's wrong and who's right. Without the noise of these crazy people who have now owned all our TV networks and whatever, we really need to be independently minded as we approach this, regardless of where we are on the political spectrum. Sure, you will one side or another side maybe to be right or another, but we really need to know what happened because yeah, it can't happen again. We can't do this. This is not something we can afford to get wrong. This is something we absolutely need to get right. And this committee seems like they got the stuff. And DOJ seems to have the stuff in terms of its indictments. Um, it should be a gripping night on Thursday.
1: And the New York Times said today that it's a, a way for the Democrats to turn around their doldrums in the midterms. For God's sake, which give is me a why break. Which oh. is why you need to support
0: narrative, folks, because that's the level of news out there. So it makes me so mad gonna... when the media just talks against itself, against ah, just we all know why. We all know why, but it just makes me so frustrated. We all know why. Yeah. Speaking of uh, supporting narrative, you can go and get our fancy little item here, our digital download of our big master chart by going to our shopping page, which is address is coming up here, if I put it up correctly. If not, I can just tell it to you that it's narrative.myshopify.com. narrative.myshopify.com. myshopify.com. There's all sorts of cool stuff over there, but most importantly, you'll find three new items related to this particular slide and the, the chart. You'll see a digital download, an actual poster which you can buy and hang up on your wall and do a bingo chart with and there's also a cool spiral bound journal and write your notes on whatever it is you want to do for the during the year we
1: we should make this like an advent calendar with a chocolate behind each one so when each one is indicted you, you know you can Get a, oh, that's, a a a good that's
0: a good idea. Maybe I should do stickers next time. People can like X's and zeros.
1: Merchandising, people. Merchandising. Yeah,
0: there's a whole thing we can do. I like that. Uh, I like the way you're thinking. I very, very much like the way you're thinking. Hey, it's time for us to say goodnight. We've done uh, best best uh, job as I think we could tonight to explain to people why Thursday matters. These hearings matter. Fox News, you are insane not to be covering this thing. You're all fools and you're not journalists. And America needs to wake up to your fallacy, but you know they'll, hopefully they'll be watching on other TV networks and on narrative, and they'll get to see what's going on through independent sources. That's our show for tonight. Any last words from you, Eric? Keep,
1: you know, tune in. You never know how many people will be indicted in St. Louis between shows. Oh, I forgot about St. Louis.
0: We're going to talk about St. Louis.
1: So last show we had, we had a bunch of folks from the, um, you know, we had uh, three uh the, uh, the aldermen, including the president of the all manner. Alderman, Aldermanic Council, Lewis Reed, who were indicted. Since the show started, Lewis Reed has uh, resigned alongside his other two uh, companions there. And this morning, a lovely indictment came out on an official that has multiple roles in the St. Louis County Council, because you have the city government, you have the county government. And that guy was running a bunch of scams with COVID relief funds. And it turns out the dude he was doing the bribery with, and the public corruption with, was the same dude who was doing all the bribery schemes of the guy in the city, Muhammad Al who, I mean, I, I don't just think he, the, the number of crooks, apparently, that he has worked with, with a wire on, he's going to get, like, no prison term. He might walk out with a badge as a special agent. This dude, this one dude appears to be, the like, the best public corruption investigator in all the FBI, and he was under an 86-count indictment for drug Oh, my gosh. Um, are you serious? Wow. For so- conspiracy. But my favorite thing was they updated, because I'm like, okay, did they like, is there an update on the Al case? So I go over to Pacer, and I find they filed a, an amended list of property that the guy's giving up, and there's the gazillions of dollars in cash, the gazillions of dollars that are in the bank accounts that he's turning over. It's like closing up shop. It's like, oh, my God, he got every crook around here, and he's now going to Disney World or whatever. But he also has, like, Israeli military firearms and pushmasters and Russian rifles and whatnot. I was like, folks, if you're gonna do bribery schemes with gangsters around here, make sure that they've got top-of-the-line Israeli IDF rifles. There's nothing more Midwestern than that, guys.
0: I just find it so uh, bizarre. And, you know, one day we'll have a long conversation about Israel and about particularly the religious right in Israel and what they've done to proud democracy and this exporting of this kind of craziness. It's mind-blowing and sad in many levels. But it's not surprising for me to hear you talk about those weapons in the heartland. I think they've been at it across America, wherever they can. and it's, well, they've got some of their operatives here in the heartland. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, they sure do. They have, everywhere you look under a rock, you know, there's either an Israeli operative intelligence person or a Russian one, that, or one that represents both, I don't know, um, doing things. It's just the nature of, uh, unfortunately, of where we are. And it's not even, you know, that's just facts. We should weren't, but it is just facts. So that's interesting, good for you, because you've been uh, yeah. supportive of some of the initiatives over there to stamp out corruption, and you're a big anti-corruption dude yourself.
1: We were talking about you know child sex trafficking, and we had a judicial official, a, a juvenile officer go down. And then a few days after that, we had a sting in Kansas City for 32 people were arrested for child sex trafficking stuff. Mm. And then, we, you know, we're doing corruption over here in St. Louis. And so we get the city one day and then we get the county. We know we get this. It's, uh, you know, I it's hear scary. it's going to be quite a fun time. I mean, look, uh, the other thing that happened days the appellate um, Court here in Missouri uh, in a case in Cole County that was brought by uh, Mark Padroli, who is a, a big civil rights attorney. The case is about Eric Greitens having used uh, a digital app confide to automatically destroy records that, were government business. And the appellate courts this isn't the circuit courts where you can, you know, there's lots of people who qualify for judges in various counties around here. But the appellate courts are supposed to be the finer minds here in the state. And they just rubber stamped, it is okay for Missouri to run a secret government with and destroy files anytime they want. What? That we now have a, so the state of Missouri is a secret affair. We pay for it with our taxes. And what they do is none of our damn business. And the
0: appellate Appeals Court just put its stamp on that. That is so ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We don't do that in America. That's not how it's done. Well, Well, you know, the war's not over, but I got to tell you, the amount of indictments you see on a regular basis, it sure makes you feel uh, hopeful about the future because there is a lot of activity in the law and order world uh, bringing down a lot of this corruption.
1: And I, you know, every couple of days I go and check how many federal search warrants have gone out and the number is increasing week over week
0: mm-hmm. around here. So tune in, folks, because yeah. I'm going to be in a good mood. We're going to cover all of this as it continues to happen. And we'll see you back here on Thursday. We're going to have a late show on Thursday. We're going to be on after the hearings, but we'll show you the hearings, of course, first. I hope you're ready to stay up late, Eric. But, you know, it's necessary stuff. We've got to be here and uh, whatever... Fox News is planning to do. We'll make sure we counter that with some real truth and uh, and independent journalism. From that note, uh, thank you for watching tonight and thank you to our patrons. We really are very thankful that you support Narrative. This stuff does not happen without your support. Uh, These programs are expensive and they require a lot of tending and your funding is how it happens. So if you're not yet a patron, please go to patreon.com forward slash narrative and help Narrative continue its work. And on that note, uh, good night, Eric. We'll see you Thursday narrative is made possible by viewers like you join today and support truly independent journalism at patreon.com forward slash narrative that's patreon.com forward slash narrative